Today on Locked On Anaheim Ducks, the Ducks had their best game of the season, and they still lost by four goals. We'll talk about that on today's Locked On Anaheim Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Well, TGIF, thank God it's Friday. Hi everyone, I'm Jason J.D. Hernandez, covering hockey for over a decade. Just a reminder that you can get this podcast. It is free and available to download on pretty much any podcasting platform. You can follow me on Twitter at StimpyJD. You can follow the show on Twitter at LO underscore Ducks. Alright, let's get right into it. The Ducks, they... Okay, they played a very, very good game. Probably one of the best game plans they had, and yet they still lost by four goals, but do not let that final score be a reflection of how close this game was for most of the night. In fact, yes, this was their best game of the season. If you recall on Wednesday's show, I was very critical about the fact that their defense was lacking and also very critical of the fact that they had allowed too many shots they allowed 43 43 and 37 in their last three contests already two games with 40 or more shots and i gave some fun stats about that just to remember that they had only four such occurrences last season they had 16 a few seasons ago so it was starting to look really bad already and i'm thinking well they need to cut down on the shots allowed this game and maybe they will have a shot maybe if they focus a little bit just a little bit on defense then I would say there's a decent chance they would win in the first period it certainly looked like that because the Ducks pretty much had control of the game I would say they had complete control if not for a very unfortunate goal allowed we'll get to that shots on goal in the first were 10 to 4 in favor of the Ducks in fact, the Ducks led shots on goal throughout the entire night, 10-4, 17-15, 12-8. The total shots on goal, 39-27 in favor of Anaheim. The first game this season where they actually outshot their opponent. One out of five is not bad. Doing it in this fashion, also not bad. So how the hell did they lose? It, it was puck luck. There was a lot of puck luck involved. There were some high danger chances that could have and should have gone in but didn't. There was some missed opportunities and one very good opportunity that they did cash in on. So we'll pick it up in the first period where right away the Ducks were given a gift of a power play on what ended up being a hooking call from Paul Stastny. Good job by Sam Steele to draw that penalty. Sam Steele, I've said on this podcast could have a breakout season if given the opportunity and if used correctly. That's the thing. Sam Steele is a terrific player. We've seen that. We've seen plenty of great glimpses from Sam Steele. But that will not mean a freaking thing if they don't win games and if he doesn't produce. So at least he got that power play for the Ducks. So what happened on that power play? It was the old guys that did it. Oh, and Troy Terry got his first goal of the season on the power play. I'll talk more about that line in a second. But Troy Terry, nice goal to make it one nothing Anaheim. And right away you think, hey, early lead. They're not looking too bad. But Pierre-Luc Dubois 
on a really nice tip play too. I mean, this play was all, all Kyle Connor and Evgeny Svechnikov. Those two really created that goal for Winnipeg and great puck movement. And Connor got it right towards the net, but there was Pierre-Luc Dubois with the perfect deflection on net to make it a 1-1 tie. And that's where John Gibson wasn't completely fooled, but it was just one of those little bit of luck there. Pierre-Luc Dubois was definitely at kind of the right place at the right time, but if it was not for that deflection, Gibby would have stopped that without hesitation, but just it was one of those things. So PLD got the goal, 1-1 tie. That was the one bright spot for Winnipeg. After that, the Ducks had control for pretty much the rest of the first period. In fact, the Ducks just outshot and outchanced Winnipeg like crazy. So I give the Ducks a lot of credit. The puck movement was a lot better. The cross-ice passes were a little better. I'd still like to see a little bit more across the Royal Road. However... Don't discount what the Ducks did on this game. And there are two lines that I will talk about. And I did say I was going to bring this up again. The two lines that I was the most impressed with was the Zegris line, the zegris Henrik Raquel line, just because they had a lot of good in-deep chances. They had a couple really quality high-danger chances, one of which probably should have resulted in a goal, but did not. So that was one line I liked. The other one I'll get to in a second. Second period, Ducks still had control, uh, but it was Andrew Kopp scoring early in the second. So Winnipeg got the early goal in the second, and then Anaheim said, no, we need to start shooting the heck out of the puck and take control. And take control they did. I mean, they had a lot of good chances once again. They had a power play chance. Oh, one power play in particular early in the second where I personally felt like it was a missed opportunity. And they probably should have scored, but didn't. And the reason that I was upset about the power play, and the one after I was really upset about, but that second one, they seemed to have the perfect puck movement and had some very high quality chances on net. They just could not cash it in. You know, passing from a lefty to a righty, that's going to cause the puck to go against the grain and this is something that Sir Avampato brought up or retweeted about left-handed shots passing to a left-handed shot and the rotation of the puck if you haven't seen that I I know Sarah retweeted it and I read through most of it I kind of want to have a conversation with her about it or have a conversation with someone about that at some point but the passing from righty to lefty, that's not going to do it. And the one-timers were a little bit lacking on that second power play. However, they couldn't catch in, so it was still 2-1 to one Winnipeg. And it would remain like that for the rest of the second period. And going into further in the second, the Ducks finished... Okay, the last power play the Ducks had. The last one. Logan Stanley got a penalty. The Ducks had probably the best chance. And for a while, there was very little movement on that power play. For about 30 seconds, there was nothing. And then they got it going. Then they started to go around the horn and get those one-timers to Trevor Zegris. Zegris had some excellent one-timers. Maybe that line was out there a little bit too long. 
because I could tell that both sides were getting tired. The offense was getting tired. The defense was winded. If you have the Jets defense on the ropes like that, you've got to cash it in. And the Ducks just could not do that. And Zegras had his chances, but he just couldn't cash it in. And there was a couple shots where Zegras probably could have passed it. Maybe one more pass here would have been optimal for the Ducks. And he decided to shoot it, which is fine. It's fine if he shoots it. But there was at least one spot where I said, oh, but a pass would have been better here. So it just felt like a massive missed opportunity. So there was a lot of good in those power plays, but it was also frustrating at the same time. That's that's where I stood on this. That's why I was frustrated because it felt like they should have scored and did not. And then not getting a goal there was wasted. And then Manson went to the box and that's where the Ducks began the third on the penalty kill. And that was really the momentum killer. I felt like that last power play was the ultimate momentum killer because at that point in the game, it felt like the Ducks could have tied things up at two and just could not pull it off. They couldn't do it. All right, uh, we'll talk a little bit more about this one. But first, let's head to the first intermission talking about everyone's favorite protein bar. That is Built Bar, baby. They come in several fantastic flavors, including a new one called Blueberry Muffin. And I don't know about you guys. I like blueberry muffins. I'm a runner. I'm a marathoner. I have the occasional blueberry muffin because why the heck not? I need the calories. And the newest Built Bar flavor, blueberry muffin, it kind of tastes like a blueberry muffin. It, I liked it. I personally like that one a lot. So if you want to try out these new flavors for yourself, these bars are about 130 calories, only 4 grams of sugar, and packed with 17 grams of protein. So try it out for yourself by going to Built.com and use promo code LOCKED15 to get a 15% discount on your next order of Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar in the land. All right, coming up after the first intermission, we'll talk a little bit more about this one, what really killed it, and what other line really impressed me a lot. We'll get to that on the other side. Welcome back to Locked On Anaheim Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. You're locked in with Jason J.D. Hernandez, and we're going to talk just a little bit more about their latest loss, which a lot of people found encouraging. I found a little bit disappointing. And going back to that last power play that they had, you had players like Raquel, Getzloff, and Steele out there with Zegris and Jamie Drysdale. To give Drysdale a lot of credit... He kept that puck in the zone for as long as possible and prevented any changes for the Jets, which was fine. But right after that minute and 50 seconds of not scoring a goal, yeah, that's how long it was. It was a minute 50 before Connor Hellebuck finally got a save that did not result in a rebound. And this is where I felt the Ducks lost the game. While I saw some tweets saying that this was the best power play they've had, they were very encouraged. I felt encouraged, but I also kind of felt like, ooh, that's a major missed opportunity. And I feel like this could be the moment where they lose the game. And I, and in fact, looking back, it felt like they lost the game right there. Because looking at um, the Canadian broadcast, the Ducks looked deflated after that. They knew that was their chance. They knew that was the moment 
to get any momentum back and tie things up, and they just did not do it. So even though there was still a period left, it seemed like they lost the game right there. With about a minute left in second period, that was it. They were done. If they couldn't score there, that was going to be it. And in fact, it was. And shortly after that had occurred, guess what happened? The Ducks got a bad penalty. Josh Manson got called for tripping. And this was about 30 seconds or so after the power play for the Ducks had ended. And once it got to the third period, that was all she wrote. On the ensuing power play, Josh Morrissey got his second. And then it was the Kyle Connor show. Now, remember how I said in the first segment that it appeared that Kyle Connor got the goal, the first one of the game. But that was tipped by Pierre-Luc Dubois. Initially, it was announced that Kyle Connor had scored that first goal. That was the initial announcement from the public address announcer. So Kyle Connor had scored. What the fans probably didn't hear was the scoring correction. There was a scoring correction. It was still in the first period when they made the correction. But it was found like a little bit after that that Pierre-Luc Dubois did in fact score that first goal and not Kyle Connor. So then with about three minutes left, Kyle Connor scored his actual first of the game, but some of the fans thought it was his second. They didn't know about it, about the scoring change, or they were just not paying attention. Maybe they weren't paying attention or they weren't aware. Who knows? But at that point, you're thinking, okay, one goal, that's fine. Then Kyle Connor scores another one unassisted, and that's when I started seeing all the hats flying down. This was hilarious. And stick taps to Eric Stevens for the fir- being the first one to just point out the lunacy of the Winnipeg Jets fans. They didn't realize that Kyle Connor, in fact, did not get a hat trick. And even looking at the bench, Kyle Connor looked kind of confused. Like, why are everyone throwing hats? Like, what's going on? I mean, Kyle Connor knew what was going on. PLD knew what was going on. Some of the fans didn't. And once one or two fans began throwing hats... Then more are going to throw hats. Oh, but it wasn't all hats. It was mostly beanies because it was free beanie night in Winnipeg. It's Winnipeg. Do you know how cold it gets out there? You're throwing away a free Winnipeg Jets beanie? No, give me those. I'll take those beanies any day of the week. I mean, I have my beanie right behind me. I have my locked on beanie. I at least have that. I'm not throwing that on the ice ever. I like my locked on beanie. But that's beside the point. So the final score was 5-1 to one in favor of Winnipeg, but it realistically was a 3-1 to one game. Or a 2-1 game. Not 5, but that's whatever. The other line that impressed me the most on this game, I mentioned the Zegras line. Uh, the, the one that I felt did a really good job of maintaining pressure against the Winnipeg's defense was the Ryan Getzloff, Sonny Milano, Troy Terry line. And we did see Troy Terry at least put up a goal. I mean, yes, it was a power play goal, so it doesn't exactly count. But the apples on that were Cam Fowler and Kevin Shattenkirk. And yes, Kevin Shattenkirk strikes again. Another point for Shattenkirk. He's starting to look pretty decent this season. Got a little bit of a pep in his step. He's got six points so far in five games. That's over a point a game. Maybe this is the Kevin Shattenkirk that we were hoping to get last season, and now we're getting him this season. But hey, I'll take it. I will definitely take it. Shattenkirk just looks a little bit more rejuvenated 
And that's great to see if you're a Ducks fan. If you're not a Ducks fan listening to this, you're probably going, oh, man, Kevin Shattenkirk's back. What the heck? Yeah, no, he's looking pretty good. But back to the Milano-Gesloff-Terry line. They had quite a few excellent shots on goal. They had a couple of high-danger chances themselves. They were very defensively sound throughout the game and didn't really allow a whole lot to happen with Winnipeg's offense. So I give them credit for playing a very solid 200-foot game. And where where has Sonny Milano been all season? I get that he didn't make the roster right away. I get that. But he had a good camp, and he had a good preseason. Probably should have just put him on the roster to begin with. But, you know, that's up to the staff and up to Coach Dallas-Eakins to how he deploys his team. And that's how he chooses to deploy them. Like that. So I want to see more of Milano against Lafterry because I, I still think that was the best line of the night. All right. We are going to head into the second intermission. But first, let's talk about betonline.ag, which is the one place that has you covered and the one place that we trust. And oh boy, the NLCS. Chris Taylor brings new meaning to his nickname, C3, CT3. If you put a bet on the Dodger game, I hope you bet on the Dodgers because you would have won big and you would have been happy. So aside from the NLCS and the ALCS still going on, you have football, you have basketball, and of course you have the National Hockey League. So to place your bets, go over to betonline.ag and use promo code LOCKEDON to get a 50% welcome bonus. So for example, if you make an initial deposit of $240, you would get a $120 bonus. Once again, that's betonline.ag, the exclusive online sportsbook of the Locked On Podcast Network. And please gamble responsibly. Just don't bet on the Montreal Canadiens right now. Have you seen their record right now? They have not won a game. They're 0-5. They're terrible. But if you're feeling bold, maybe put a bet on Buffalo to win four in a row. (laughs) I'm sorry. I could barely get through that. But Buffalo... They could win their fourth game in a row. They haven't done that in two years. It's been since 2019. They've won four in a row. (laughs) This is hilarious to me. All right. We're going to come back after the second intermission. Stay locked in. Welcome back to Locked On Anaheim Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, or TLOPN. You're locked in with Jason J.D. Hernandez. And I'm going to peel back the curtain quite a bit here because I had recorded a third segment earlier this morning, and I was about to post it up, and then the news came out across Ducks Twitter today, and it's pretty devastating news. So before we get to that, here's what I did want to talk about earlier today. Just going to mention this. If you listened to yesterday's podcast, I briefly mentioned that I was going to talk about the state of California hockey and how we're kind of suffering a little bit. I think what I'm going to do is save that conversation into next week because there is a lot to talk about there. And I'll just briefly bring this up. California fans, go and support all the hockey around here because the Ducks game, you know, the last one wasn't a sellout. We could have had more fans there. 
and even looking at minor league hockey, the three games in Ontario, 3,000 fans, 1,800 fans, only 1,000 fans. That's not good. We need to support all the hockey, minor league hockey, junior hockey. We have a junior team here, by the way. So go out and support all your local hockey. We'll talk much more about that next week. And this is also my plea to all the San Diego fans and Anaheim fans. If you're not heading out there already, head out there right now. Go to San Diego and check out the home opener for the goals tonight. Once again, San Diego goals are having their home opener at Pachanga Arena, their first home game in 608 days. All right, so let's get to the big news item of the day. This is pretty devastating news, and I'm sad about this. Uh, We just found out that Max Jones is going to be missing four to six months with a torn pectoral muscle. And I'm just going to read this verbatim. Uh, He's been diagnosed with a pectoralis major tendon tear. He will have surgery next Wednesday. He is expected to be out of action four to six months. And here's what GM Bob Murray had to say. Quote, It's a tough blow for Max as he made strides last season and was heading in the right direction this year as well. We hope to have him back this year and at full strength, end quote. This is really sad news for the Ducks because they were starting to make some good strides as far as that line with Getzloff. I liked seeing Getzloff and Jones as a pair together. They worked pretty well, actually got some good chances, and Max Jones was part of the reason why Ryan Getzloff got off to such a fast start this season. And for him to only play essentially a game and a half, that's such a big blow to the team and a pretty big blow to that line too. So now with Max Jones out, I mean, yes, it's Sonny Milano time right now, but now you have to rely much more on some of the other young guys like a Sonny Milano, like a Sam Steele, etc. And just really thinking about this, I, I liked watching Max Jones play. I mean, he came up with the San Diego goals a couple seasons ago. Uh, my favorite memory of Max Jones, and this is kind of a weird one, was last season, the shortened season, when the Coyotes were playing host of the Anaheim Ducks. And Max Jones had like a really nifty five on three goal, right? And then he kind of like, he kind of fronted there kind of showing up Oliver Ekman Larson because Ekman Larson gave a couple of shoves, gave a couple of cross checks. Neither of them were called, but it was a five on three. They were not going to call that penalty on Ekman Larson. So he shoves Max Jones down. Jones doesn't like that too much, but Jones composes himself and he finds himself right in the front of the net and picks up the loose change for that goal. He shows up OEL. Darcy Kemper doesn't like it. Kemper shoves Max Jones And Jones is not taking anyone's crap. He will not take the crap. If he gets shoved by Ekman Larson, you bet that he's going to come back and say, you know what? No, screw you. I'm going to score on you. This is what's up. That's what the Ducks are going to miss with Max Jones. They're going to miss his toughness in front of the crease. They're going to miss his hard work. They're going to miss his willingness to get to, as I like to say, the dirty areas. He loves the dirty areas. So the Ducks are going to miss that immensely. They're going to miss his hockey IQ in front of the nets. And they're going to miss his finishing ability. So it's a tough, tough loss for the Anaheim Ducks. In his about three seasons with the Anaheim Ducks, 
Uh, he started playing in 2018-2019. He scored a total of 17 goals, and that accounts with 28 points. Not bad. I thought this would be kind of a breakout year, not as big a breakout as I think other players will get, but I thought this would be a decent year for Max Jones to finally get a full season. Yes, he had a full season in sort of in 2018-2019, but he spent most of that season down in San Diego with the goals. He scored 29 points and 43 points with the goals that season and had a pretty good playoff run with San Diego. Last or the previous season in the pandemic shortened season, he had some time in San Diego but spent most of his time with the Anaheim Ducks. And then last season, I think, was his first sort of full season. This was going to be the year where he was going to break out, and it's just very unfortunate that this happened. Best case scenario, he's out for four months, and he returns after the Olympic break because it is currently late October. Four months from now, we'll be right along the Olympic break. Late February, early... Yeah, around, say, mid-February. Best case scenario... They're on the break. So I'd say the earliest he'd come back would be first week of March. That's best case scenario. They have two months with Max Jones. That's best case. If the Ducks are somehow still in it, great, bring him back. I mean, they should bring him back anyway if he is fully recovered and if he is 100%. If he's not, then he could wind up missing the rest of the season, especially if it's that six-month timetable then he will very likely miss the rest of the season and only play one and a half games. So once again, a big blow. And I feel bad for Max Jones. He worked really hard. He had he was another one that had a good camp. And another one of the youngsters, or as I like to say, you know what's coming. Let the kids play. I liked watching the kids play, and he was one of them. It sucks. So there, there you go. Max Jones out four to six months. I hope he recovers fully. And I hope, I hope he comes back better than ever. And really willing to just, you know, get back to those dirty errors. Get back to what makes him a great asset for this Ducks team. That's what I'm hopeful for. All right. I hate to end on like that kind of sour note, but that is the latest news. So once again, in case you missed it, Max Jones is going to be out four to six months with a pectoral injury. That one, that one really bites a torn pectoral muscle. So yeah, that that's going to be tough, but all right, get better. Max Jones. I, I, I will speak directly. Get better. Max Jones. You have all of the ducks, Twitter and all the ducks fans behind you. We're pulling for you. Come through better than ever. All right, there we go. That's how I'll end on a positive note to Max Jones. Get better. We know you could do it. All right. Thank you so much for listening. It is greatly appreciated. Um, that's it for this week. We'll be back on Monday with a new Locked on Ducks. Next week, I'll have a special guest next week later on. So, yeah, we'll, we'll have fun there. A reminder that this podcast is free and available to download across all platforms, including Odyssey, Apple, Google, etc. And make sure to follow me on Twitter at StimpyJD or follow the show on Twitter at LO underscore Ducks. If you want to shoot me an email, you can do so at LockedOnAnaheimDucks at gmail.com. And once again... 
Thank you for all the well wishes earlier this week. Thank you for the great messages. And thanks for tweeting at me. Really appreciate it. Thank you so much. And hey, enjoy the weekend, guys. For Locked On Anaheim Ducks, I'm Jason J.D. Hernandez saying please continue to be safe out there, be kind to one another, and ducks fly together.